I've heard that we just dive in. Yeah, we do. We just dive in. All right. Okay. Welcome to the Metacast. I'm Josh Anderson. Okay. Okay. Oh, 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 oh. Trying to be more no nonsense at this point. Have you ever thought, Josh, what it's like to be inside my head? It's a scary place. Bob. Josh. What do you think is the one thing that agile teams do the most? Like as a complain. Group, <laughs> I mean, like as a group, they gather together and they, and they work on like, not like the coding piece, but they come together in the agile ceremonies. To me, it feels like the thing you do they're the not most ceremonies, they're events. Oh, they're events now. That's the right term. Oh, don't use ceremony anymore. Really? Yeah, I'm going to report you to the. What's the What's the driver out. behind that for others like me that are? It's It's just they've changed it. It's an event. Who is they? Uh, the Scrum Guide. Well, why do they get to do that? They That's they're right. No, it's... but enough of that. Okay. Uh, to answer your question, I I'm thinking I'm thinking I'm going to say backlog refinement mm-hmm. and activities in backlog refinement. Our two major activities are like story development and estimation. Right. So why don't we, what maybe why don't we explore that? What do you think? Let's Bob. Let's get a, tactical. Let's get tactical. Tactical. <laughs> I never expected that. To no, come. <laughs> I know. I'm in a vulnerable. Metacasters, I'm in a vulnerable state today. If you have to watch a video and you'll see, I'm just I'm just throwing myself out there for the community. Yeah. Bob, Bob, Bob definitely took one for the team. I today took one for the team with our with our video recording. Yeah, be up in this a is a weeks. teaser. So yeah, so you have to <laughs> you have to look for it. We'll oh. we'll call it. What could we name it? It's just Big A and Little A. Agile. It's Big A, Little A. Yeah, yeah. And we draw some and a crick in the neck. Yes, <laughs> for both of us. Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. So okay. do you want to talk? So maybe yeah. I, I let's like let's start at the basics. And this is something that I've repeated that you shared with me many, many moons ago. There's two key phrases that are in my mind when I'm thinking about user stories and how they work with teams. Two of the things that you've said to me, and it'll be interesting to see if you still believe in them, if you believe in them more or less okay. now. Okay. The first one is that a user story is a promise for a conversation with the team. What I've interpreted that to mean over the years is it's not, I wrote all the words in Jira, it's locked in, done, go. No, I wrote all the words in Jira for us to have a discussion to make sure that we really refine this story and get it to the state that it should be in. Second item there is a product owner or whoever's responsible for creating the stories right out of the gate, they should aim to get it about 70% complete so that that conversation draws out the last 30%. And because the effort and challenge to get to 100% ready by a single human is pretty significant, and it's probably best to lean on the team to get that last mile done. 
if anything, I agree. I, I mean, I still think that it's almost rate less. If I'm going, if I'm leaning in a direction, mm-hmm. it's because you said it, the words, the intent of the user story was a promise to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. The other part of that is to write the minimum amount of words to drive the conversation. And then when you have the conversation, you don't have to write those words back in the user story. You have, you talk, so you trust your memory as mm-hmm. a team. So it's sort of like a conversation. Like if you were doing a speech and I gave you, so you were doing a speech for 30 minutes or 45 minutes at your company. Yeah. I would give you a three by five card, an index card. Yeah. And say, Josh, you have 45 minutes. Write down whatever is going to inspire that. That's all you get. You can't right. even you can't even turn the card over. Mm-hmm. Right? You get the front of the card. And so you'd have to put some triggers there and, and things. Enough, just enough stuff so that you could drive 45 minutes of conversation. Mm-hmm. And and so then if someone looked at the the card and they and they recorded your talk your talk would be so much richer mm-hmm. than the card, right? right. That, that's a description of the internet. Now my, my, my counterpoint to that is cool. They were there for that talk. If they want to recount or relive what happened, I would argue that potentially a full transcription or video would be of value a week later when now I need to review what I learned in that 45 minutes. And if we did that, then I'm going to get lazy and I'm not going to listen to Josh because I'm going to say someone's going to record it. And I'm never going to listen to the recording yeah. anyway because Josh is boring, right? Sometimes. Well, and, often. And so I'm, I'm going to sort of check out. I'm going to get – so I, I, would, I would – my counterpoint to your counterpoint is, is suck it up. You're a human being. We are – a conversation is an engagement between two humans or a group of humans mm-hmm. and we have brains and we have memories and we can remember the high points. We don't, we don't need a transcription. Mm-hmm. We can, we can remember the essence yeah, right. of, the, yeah. of the talk and that's good enough for us to, if we were going to use that to create a tool or a feature or something, we could do that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not, what I'm trying to, what I'm trying to do two things. I'm trying to describe the essence of the user story, the original intent, and and then I'm trying to say I still agree with that, mm-hmm. even though it's very uncomfortable. So if you remember, like I'm a waterfall guy, mm-hmm. so I'm a write everything freaking down guy. Yeah, right. You won't get it as a product owner. You won't get any if you don't write it down and tell me what to do. I will give you if it's the wrong thing, and I know it's the wrong thing. I'm going to give you the wrong thing because that's what you asked for. Right. Right. And you're going to get exactly what you're asked for. That's, I mean, I spent years. That's what, yeah. that's my training. And, and so this essence of the stories is trying to flip that on its head a little bit. Right. right. So let me provide a counterpoint to my counterpoint. To the counter, to the you counter. Know, in association with your counterpoint. Okay. To my counterpoint. Okay. Please. A strong, healthy, high performing team should be able to have minimal documentation in the user story. If you find that your team requires more than that, there's work you need to do as a group to get there. I would agree. Okay. And also don't be shy about writing it down, but post-process it. Yeah. Like during backlog refinement, have someone, so don't, don't have a note keeper, have a compelling element 
person who captures that in whatever tool you're using. Mm -hmm. So please do that. Right. Like if you have a critical, if you give another accept criteria, mm -hmm. acceptance criteria, and you actually amplify it, your hands start moving as a product owner, you get really, oh my God, this is important. I forgot about emphasizing it. It becomes one and I might bold it, mm -hmm. right? Based on the conversation, I might put a picture of you next to it, like pounding something. Mm -hmm. And I'm, what I'm doing is I'm capturing emotion in the story. How did I get that? By listening to you. Right. Right. And I, and I, I captured that. Uh, so that's fine. That That's all fine. So what's a counter, uh, not a counter. Do you ever write stuff down as a CYA activity? Cover your ass? Yeah. Right? So if anyone ever, it's it's part of that waterfall mentality. Not only is it, am I giving you what you asked for and shut up. Mm -hmm. you, it's not my problem if you ask for the wrong thing. But I'm also going back. I need proof of that. So I'll go back like we sign off on everything. You want to remove that CYA. We want to capture whatever we need to write in the story to delight the customer, to, to work with the team, then do that. Right. Like if I have a distributed team, write more. Mm -hmm. But write more because the team needs it. Like I, I want very, I hate story templates in, in a tool, mm -hmm. right? Like, like fields that you fill in and they have to arbitrarily be filled in. I, I want the team to have the right to to add a field that isn't even in there and to not write stuff if it doesn't mean anything for this particular story, like figure it out as a team. So react to what I'm saying. You look quizzical. I, well, there's a handful of things running through my brain where we can take this conversation. So, so you drive, baby. <laughs> take us where it's we like want. It's like Thelma and Louise here. Exactly. <laughs> Going right off the edge. So I... I I agree with you. And again, to me, you have to understand where your group is in that spectrum. There are times where Bob and I have walked into companies and given them a user story template because that's the thing they needed to just like, those are the training wheels. Then you have to, at some point, take those training wheels off. Right. If three years later, you're still using the template blindly the same way, you've got some work to do. I'm going to slightly disagree with you to see. So I'm going to give them the template and I'm going to tell them exactly what we just said. Yeah. So I'm going to try to inspire them to write the least amount of stuff as yeah. possible. Right. I'm going to give them the, the, you know, the philosophy, <laughs> the philosophy behind it and the intent behind it and, and the why, like, it's not about writing. Mm -hmm. It's about collaboration and understanding. The other thing we didn't even talk about is like requirement confusion. Mm -hmm. Writing something down doesn't mean we have clarity. Right. Like, yeah. Right. Like you, you could write down this Metacast on like write us. We don't write scripts, Metacasters. And like, if, what if we, if you gave me a script and then I read or whatever, there would be misinterpretation between us. Mm -hmm. So there's almost this other premise. And again, it goes back to the waterfall to agile. There were some really smart people that really intentionally like suggested some things. And it's this thing of we, we've always, you know, there was this view that, oh, if we write it down, we have guaranteed synchronization across yeah, everyone right, who's yeah. doing it. That never happened. Never, ever, ever. It's this, what, what you and I are experiencing here. Can you imagine us writing this down? And like handing it off to each other, it mm -hmm. would never, it would never work. And then I'd like mail, I record something and I would misinterpret. 
you know, like like the nuance of your face. I'm looking at your face. Right. I see you being thoughtful. I can ask a question. That never happens in written communication. Right. One of the things that you talk about or that you talked about that I've seen teams react to is go through refinement. You get the story ready to rock and roll, but maybe you don't start on it for a week, four or five days. Really successful teams have developed what they often call a like a user story kickoff. Like, hey, we're going to start working on this now. Let's a group of us gather and like recap, realign. Have we learned anything since refinement or since yeah. planning? And like, let's make sure we're all on the same same page. And like, let's all turn the key at the same time. Like, let's go. Here we go. Rather than just like blindly grabbing that off the backlog and working and not taking that five, 10 minute discussion to say, does everything we thought was true a week ago still hold true now? Has anything changed? Do we all agree on what this is? Yes. Okay, cool. Let's go. Let's go. And it's not just the devs. Remember, it's a promise to have a conversation as a team. Mm -hmm. So the product owner is involved in the conversation. The developers are. UX, if it's appropriate, is there. Testing is there. Performance might be there. Architecture might be there. Yeah. So you, and at the same time, and you're getting that wonderful clarity around around the story. The other cool thing with the, it, and this is a, again, we're we're reverting. Uh, Metakissers, we just did this big A little A video. And I feel like part of what's happening with stories and estimation is we're reverting to our comfort zones again. Like our comfort zone is what to write a lot. Yeah. Or our comfort zone is to try to what estimate to, you know, point, you know, a hundred decimal point clarity. And we never, we never wrote really well historically and we never estimated mm -hmm. really well, but give ourselves, give ourselves permission to explore, give ourselves permission to collaborate as a team. That that actually produces better results than writing everything down. Yeah, well, and like if you go back to the video, a key differentiator between little A and big A was activation of the brain. Yeah. If you operate with that mindset of, oh, we wrote it down so I never have to think about it again, you're trending into that dangerous big A territory where your brain shuts off and you I want active make brains mistakes. And yeah. active passion. Yeah. Right? Passionate understanding of what is the critical things. And and the face-to-face -face gets that. Another thing I was going to say is, I remember back, I, I sound like a freaking dinosaur, and I, I just, it bothers me sometimes. I, I hope people still embrace it, see the re relevance to it. But there was an emphasis on the story. Yeah. Like the product owner. There wasn't even a product owner in XP. There was just someone who represented the customer. Sometimes it was a customer. And they would come in and explain, and there was a dialogue. And let's say it's a problem they're having, not a bug, but a problem, they're, a challenge they're having. You could feel the emotion. Mm -hmm. And there was this connection to, like, you could see people on the other side of the table, the team. They'd be like, oh, I get it. Oh, yeah. that I, Man, that's, really? You have to do that? Oh, that we can fix that. Right. Right. That's would this help with this? You get so it's not just the clarity around the requirement. You you get empathy to your client. You get passion around it. Mm -hmm. Like you want to I, I want to help that person. And I think that's powerful. And and so the writing sort of loses like I hear here, Josh, here's your task. Right. You can. So I I'm not anti writing. I'm pro face to face because it's so much richer. So can we write minimally write the stories, but maximally have the collaboration so we really get it? 
So for those of you out there that are developers and are working remotely and often keep your camera turned off, that has a direct effect yep. on your team's ability to provide yourselves high quality user stories yes. because of all of the things that Bob just talked about. You can't gather in a room right now to have the traditional backlog refinement where everybody's around the table and you can see and feel that emotion. When your cameras are turned off, there's a significant portion of value that is tossed out the window. So I beg you, be a good teammate. Be thoughtful of what you're trying to do. Turn on that camera. Engage in that discussion. Even turn on your mics. If you, like you roll your eyes or you sigh or something, that's grounds for, then then freaking collaborate. Why did you roll your eyes? Do you think it's a stupid idea? Then have the freaking courage to say it's a stupid idea mm -hmm. and have that passionate, this is collaboration and have the passionate debate. You and I have this all the time, right? Right. It's, it's, it's not A or B that's, that's talk about it and then get engaged. Like it's not just the product owner's pa passion the, the the team needs to sort of weigh in. They need to see it too, right? They need to agree with it. They need to get juiced up about it. So, and if they're not, then talk about that. Yep. Yep. So, so that, that's story writing. What I was really trying to say is it's a story, you know, I, I, I've always felt, and we've lost it, that a user story was not a requirement because I think of requirements, at least in my brain, as documents. Mm -hmm. A user story was a story. What is a story? It's you and I, 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 I visualize us around a campfire in mm -hmm. backlog refinement. There's a campfire, the team's around the campfire, the customer is sitting there talking about whatever they value, woes, challenges. The team is talking about how they do it and they, they, they go story to story to story. So it's the story. It's not, yes, we have words. Yes, we have fields in JIRA. Yes, you can enter estimates, but it's that collaborative conversation, the storytelling, mm -hmm. right? And the understanding, like emoting something, you know, a good storyteller will, I will share a vision mm -hmm. with you. You will, it's not just the words, you will get a vision of what good looks like in that case, right? right. That's why personas are so useful. We're not, we don't talk about them enough in Agile, but like a user persona is a wonderful device to couple with the user story to get that vision of what, yeah. what the customer is looking for. Welcome to our diversity and inclusion minute. We're not going to say our names because we shouldn't do that anymore. We said we weren't going to do it. And if you remember from the previous episode, Bob and I had this in the moment epiphany that we wanted to transition this moment from what we are doing, little we, little we meaning Bob and I, to what the big we, Ooh. all of our listeners, oh our my entire God. community you're, you're is like doing. You're like playing a, a, a double entendre. Oh, man, yeah. I don't even know what that means. Yeah. But, but with It the, sounds good. It does, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. Oh, it's like part deux. Uh, that, that, no, no. That no. doesn't sound good. <laughs> so the big we. The big we. What we aim to do with this segment as we evolve and transform it is to provide all of our listeners with examples of what we are doing as an agile community. So please reach out to us on Twitter, links below, on Discord, links below, and say, A, 
these are the things that I've done in my community that my community is doing locally to drive change or B, Hey, Bob, Josh, and the agile community that is listening to this. Here's a thought an idea that you could do, or we could band together on. The goal here is to start creating a broader reach than just Bob and I, because we, because we realize that yes, it's two of us. Yes. We're working hard. Yes. We're still going to do our stuff. But that's just a small piece. And with the platform that we have of all of you listeners out there, we can start to drive greater change. I mean, as a mini little example, Christopher Lee, a listener, reached out to me and he asked me to put a Stop Asian Hate page. So I have a Black Lives Matter page on my Agile Moose site and he asked me to do that. And I actually pushed back on him. I'm like, I don't know what to write. Not push back. I, I Honestly, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what is the right way to phrase it. Mm -hmm. I said, if you write something, I will post that on the page. And he wrote something and I posted it on the page and I was proud to activate that on the Agile Moose. So that was a collaborative effort. So that's a little mini example of what we're talking about. And then weren't you on another podcast or video, something about the work that we're doing? Absolutely. And And talking about that and trying to challenge folks. So, you know, it's, it's not all pushing it to us. We'll take some of it, but it's what it's both of us. It's we're trying to get to action, right? Right. Moving from talking to doing, right? And 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 we can do our actions, but that's not good enough. We need all of you to start taking actions together. So we are here to be the collaboration engine, the the central point, whatever it needs to be. That's what we'll do. But we're looking for you to help engage with driving improvement around diversity and inclusion everywhere. So around the world, we know we are listen we have great listeners and great listenership and it's increasing month over month. Get let's get going. Let's generate. So a call to arms, call to action. Okay, back to the episode. On the back half of this episode, let's transition to estimation and what that looks like with a user story. See, I think it complements what we're talking. I've always felt, yeah, and I still encounter this. I've encountered this for freaking 20 years, and it drives me nuts. Like, people estimate one time. Mm-hmm. You get one shot at an estimate, whether they're using planning poker or not, whatever. And they, they fix on a number. And and I'm like, I've always felt that that story point or estimation in backlog refinement was a way to drive conversation yep. rather yep. than a way to get a freaking number yeah. and put it and then commit to the number. Yes, you get numbers, but the weight. So it, so to me, the estimation complements what we've been saying. Right. Throw mm-hmm. numbers out there to get a feeling because now we ask questions. Why do you think it's 10? And I think it's a two. Why? Oh, oh, yeah, you're right. Ah. And and the, and so the estimation mm-hmm. drives this clarity around the and then capture it in the story if you want to if there was an epiphany then capture those epiphanies but just the way I described it I I see very few teams yeah. that do that yes it, you should be using story point estimation or whatever you want to call it sizing as a conversation generator yeah that's it to bob's point it's less about 
is it a, a five or a three? It's about Bob thinks it's a five and I think it's a three and we have logical reasons why we right. believe that. And when we put them on the table, there's a realization of, oh, yeah, you're right, Bob. I didn't think of that. There's a there's a there's a difference in understanding that that dialogue puts on the table that we then get to. Yep, we all agree. Well, we'll that's why I like I like this notion of like the one shot estimates, like a rule. Organizations have a rule. We get one time. Once we put it into Jira, we can never change it. That's your commitment. Shut up. I I I mean, in one backlog refinement, I'm like on a story. Why don't we estimate it three times, four times, five times, so you can. I, I want to get to estimation like as soon as possible, mm -hmm. like a conversation starter, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, why don't we estimate? See what happens. Oh, that's cool. We got some understanding. What if we do it again? Does it, do we narrow things? Do we get another question? Let's do it a few times. There's some people that don't look at it that yeah. way, right? Yeah. Tactically speaking, one thing you can and should always do is as you pull things into sprint planning, again, maybe you slapped an estimate on that story one week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks before, hit the pause button and say, okay, so this thing we said was a five, we're bringing in the sprint. Do we still believe it's a five? Have we learned anything? What's wrong? Let's have another well, so conversation. The thing is you can change, add, change, delete things as, as you go through that pipeline, like pre-sprint and during the sprint. There's actually a guy, Georgie Moria. He's in Toronto, I think. He's a, a trainer. And he had this wonderful chart. I, I, if you, I will commit to sending it to you. Maybe you can. Mm -hmm. It's it's a it's a drawing that he put on flip chart paper, but I have it, and I'll send you the JPEG for it. Okay, mm -hmm. and you got to post it with this episode. And his view is pre sprint, so you need twenty percent story clarity, pre sprint planning. You exit sprint planning with about an additional twenty. So you enter the sprint with 40% clarity and 60% ambiguity, and which then during the sprint, you fill in the blanks. Now that's a very, you've heard me, we started 70-30. I've mm -hmm. used that, to be honest, I've used that with waterfall organizations because I thought their heads would explode if <laughs> I explained something. Yeah. But he, he goes in and he's very aggressive. Yeah. Now I don't... But and, and what he's trying to do is he's trying to say the entire pipeline, it's not right. You don't have to get things clear pre-sprint planning, mm -hmm. right? You, you're emerging understanding the entire time. Every day of the sprint, you reserve the right until you deliver that, the story set. You reserve the right to gain more clarity. And it's okay. And whether you like it or not, whether you had a severely adverse reaction to the words Bob just said, that's reality. It is. Like, it, like you can't possibly know everything about everything before you type one letter of that code. That's the hubris of the waterfall. You know yeah. that? It's like, did I just use the term hubris? You did. I did. But it's, it is. It's full of ourselves. We were... We were so obnoxious and are obnoxious. Go, well, yes, I, before I do anything, I, I, I'm going to accurately describe all the words and I'm going to pull a number out of my butt that's going to be completely accurate. Right. No, you're absolutely right. Right. Which is, which is why all of those projects were so difficult because you would discover so much 
throughout that journey. And you would say, boy, we really didn't know what we were talking about, but it says it's this. So we got to do that. Right. So there were a ton of like bad choices made along the way because we, we pretended reality didn't exist. You know, we were talking about big A and little A. One of the things in the video Metacasters, and we've alluded to it a few times, but it's not just big A, like you safe or something. I, I think part of big A is, is forgetting the essence of agility. Yeah. And writing too much, I I see. So it's it's not safe or you're you know you're using Scrum by the, the Scrum Guide. It's we're 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 reverting to writing stories the way we used to write requirements, or we're reverting to the estimation. Trying, it's a fool's game to try to have accurate estimates, and Agile got that. And, but now we're, we're reverting back. I mean, I have this discussion just the other day, a scrum master project manager was like, you know, do I, can, do I average the estimates to get the number or how do I get it accurate? There's variation. And he was uncomfortable. He's like, I, we cannot have variability. We've got to have a number and we have to hold to the number. And I, my, my head, I mean, I tried to be patient with him, but my head wanted to explode because that's that thinking. So, so part of little a and part of is getting back to get comfortable with ambiguity, get comfortable with ranges, get Mm -hmm. comfortable with not knowing, but then getting knowing, Mm -hmm. right. And making adjustments. So to wrap this up, I want to talk through, okay, you heard this, this all sounds exciting and you're nodding along. You're like, yes, Bob, Josh, I get it. That makes sense. But then you look at how your teams are performing. What do you do? What are the changes you can make next week, tomorrow, whenever to start driving towards that aspirational goal that we talked about of what those stories look like? Because I'm going to bet slash assume that a majority, a vast majority of our listeners are living in a world working on teams where user stories are templated. We size once we do it as quickly as we can just to move on to get to the next one. Right, so let's talk about changes you can make tomorrow to to start driving in the direction we just talked about. Even run the experiment, Metacasters. The stuff, the reason I get so passionate about it, it works. It's the way, it's the intentionality of Agile. This is not conjecture. This There is a huge difference in waterfall behaviors in software development and Agile mindsets and behaviors in software development. And when I say big A and reverting, we're actually doing harm. We're, we're reverting. It's, it's like, I don't know, an example of doing something. It's like getting on the Titanic again, right? You know the Titanic's going to sink. And then people were lined up to get on the, the new Titanic, right? Mm-hmm. But it's guaranteed to repeat itself. It's like, don't follow that. Now, why do you do that? Leadership is a big part of that. Project managers are a big part of that. Traditional managers. A lot of people want predictability. We have to have predictability. I get it, but push back on it. It's worth running the experiments. Like light, lighten the weight of your stories. Yeah. Go back to enter a sprint. For God, try it out. Enter a sprint with that that really weird feeling of we don't know what the hell. We don't have all the details sorted out. Cool. Yeah. Then you're going to have to collaborate your butt off in the sprint. Well, that's not a bad thing. And, and if I remember correctly, one of the values of operating in shorter sprints is that you have the capability to experiment yeah and if if 
we're not saying you will. If you fail, it's not the end of the world. No. You've learned, you've adjusted. You learned, but adjust. the likelihood, if you really invest in this and you really get your team to invest in this, to Bob's point, it works. You've seen it. I mean, we have case studies. Uh, we've not forget case studies. The dude. Mm -hmm. You did this stuff with the dude. Right. What kind of results did you get? Really good. Really good. And I contacted did this. We weren't perfect, but we did this. We were on the edge. And it was really, it works. You don't have to write everything. Right. <laughs> right. You, yep. you don't. It's, it's just enough, just in time. So these lean principles work. So if I'm a listener and I'm excited, start experimenting. And it's okay to start experimenting small. But keep incrementing those experiments. If if you feel like you have the capability to run a pretty big experiment, do it. But just start experimenting. Start trying to drive these changes. Get a small story with what? A headline and two-line description. And that's it. And, and collaborate around it. Don't write anything else down. Estimate it if you want a few times. Don't estimate it. No estimate if you want, but focus on the execution side. Focus on the collaboration and the execution side. See what happens. And treat it differently than the rest of your stories where yep. you talk about it once. Talk about it as you write it. Talk about it in refinement. Show talk to the PO. It. Are right. we here? Are we there? Yeah. Test it. We're not handing things off. You're swarming around it. Yep. Try it. See what happens. Yep. See how delightful it'll be to do that. So lean, lean thinking. Lean, lean everything. Experiment. Learn. Okay. Well, let's lean the outro. Let's lean into the done. Yeah. So, Metacasters, leaners, try it out. <laughs> so, from beautiful downtown Fuquay, Arena, North Carolina, I'm Bob Galen. And I'm Josh Anderson. Shake. And big. Take care, y'all.